from their secret mountain lair somewhere in Colorado, this is the Image Doctors Photography Podcast with your hosts, Jason O'Dell and Rick Walker. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Image Doctors Photography Podcast. I'm Jason O'Dell. And I'm Rick Walker. Good to be back this week. Uh, hopefully our audio is better. We apologize for last week's little Zoom glitch, but, you know, stuff happens sometimes. So hopefully we're coming through a little better today <laughs> than last I, week. I heard rumors you were a low talker in yeah. last, week's, last week's episode. We reversed roles. <laughs> yeah, usually you're the loud one. <laughs> it's... Uh, it's maddening trying to get microphone volume input correct, and you never know what's gonna gonna work. Yeah. But here we are, anyway. Um, so um, some fun stuff this week um, related to a couple product announcements. Um, well, a big, uh, a, a long product announcement of telephoto. So we're gonna talk about telephoto lenses today, um, uh, because just earlier this week, uh, Nikon released their newest z-mount super telephoto and that's the 800 millimeter f 6.3 uh pf lens vr blah 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 the whole thing which is kind of cool yep and like you were saying we'll talk about uh longer lenses in general and what we're really talking about are um, lenses with a maximum focal length of 400 millimeters and up could be zooms could be primes (laughs) yeah yeah or whatever yeah, you want to you. call it. Yeah. Well, it depends on the lens. But you the, know, the you... maximum is a minimum of. <laughs> right. Right. Lenses that go out to at least 400. We'll call it that. Yeah. Uh, in, the, yeah. in that sort of territory. And That's these, so these would be lenses that you would use for wildlife, for sports. Uh, I don't know what else. I mean, you know, surveillance. <laughs> you know, <kind> of <laughs> hiding in trees with yeah. 600 F4. Yeah. That's a. Uh, uh, good stories but uh let's just briefly bring up this lens from nikon because you know i haven't always i don't always follow the the uh the news cycle so when i saw this i was pleasantly surprised to see this was coming out i mean and i kind of announced that they were working on it back at the end of the year and i completely had forgotten about it um, probably because i'm not really in the market for an 800 millimeter lens uh, we'll talk about that sort of thing as well. But when I saw it, um, very pleasantly surprised looking at its specs. Um, and especially the price. Yeah. And then you could say, well, dude, a $6,000 lens or a $6,500 lens is insane. Well, no, it's not compared to the one that it's competing with. Um, because compared to the um f mount version which is a f56 so one third of a stop faster um, do. it's ten thousand dollars less almost yeah that's uh, huge so, so this goes from the realm of you know completely unobtainable you know ridiculous to very expensive and you might be able to justify it if it fits the need that you have you know if you're sitting you know and, and by that i mean you're sitting around on a lot of you know discretionary disposable income right but 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 it's still not as painful as as a, a 10k plus lens like some of these are and that's uh um that's very nice to see yeah in terms of how photographers use 800 millimeters i mean it can be a lot of things but i 
I think if you're really going to simplify it, this is a lens that will appeal to people who likes, like doing bird photography and more importantly, some of the smaller birds. Mm-hmm. That's its real niche. And it should be wonderful for that. I mean, the MTF curves look great, just like with all the super yeah. telephotos in general, you know, the primes. Yeah, just just stunning. Um, the focus minimum focus distance is about a meter closer. Mm-hmm. That's nice. It, it it doesn't get you super close, but it's it's a nice row. Right. Right. Um, you know, where if you want to take pictures of frogs that are a little bit closer or whatever, you could certainly do that. Um, but it uses that um, phase Fresnel or PF kind of construction. And we, we had an episode on that where we talked about the 300 and the 500 millimeter mm-hmm. lenses, which are great lenses and remarkably compact and lightweight. And this inherits, you know, that kind of construction and technology so it should be cool yeah Um, and it's in the native z mount so you get some advantages there so if you're shooting something mm -hmm. like a z9 which is you know clearly what this is uh marketed towards z9 users um you're going to get that full extra axis of stabilization and and all those good things but i mean you know here's the real difference when you look through the spec sheet side by side there's not a lot of differences until you start looking at the You've already mentioned the minimum focus distance mm-hmm. is a little closer, and that's a good thing. It's a little bit better magnification, you know, elements. You can talk about that, but you get down to the bottom. It's three inches shorter, <laughs> so that's that means it fits in a bag more easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but the eight hundred five six weighs ten pounds, or almost uh, forty six hundred grams. <laughs> that's a lot. This it's one weighs five point two pounds. So to put that in perspective, a five pound lens is not a lightweight lens. Don't get me wrong, but this lens weighs very close to what the 200 to 500, five, six Nikkor uh, weighs. And that was a lens that both of us owned in the past. It's a nice lens. And I did hand hold it at times. You know, your arms started getting a little bit tired, but it was doable. It, it was definitely hand holdable depending on your level of fitness, but it wasn't a ridiculous stretch to hand hold that lens. I liked using it with something like a monopod a little bit, but a five pound lens is big, but not impossible. A 10 pound lens is a tripod mandatory unless think, you're doing sports or you're monopod I think mandatory. One of the things that people will run into using it handheld my guess is, you know, at 800 millimeters, it's a pretty narrow angle of view. Yes. And it's not always easy acquiring your photographic targets while looking through the lens. Right. It it helps a lot to have it, you know, on, on some sort of monopod or tripod. It makes that process a little bit easier, even with stabilization, it makes it easier. Right. it, It is one of the challenges of, shooting with an 800 800 millimeter focal length one that doesn't zoom out now we should point out uh, the first thing that struck me in nikon's marketing for this lens was all the photographs of users was very small women hand holding this lens um uh, so you don't need to be you know an, an ox to hand hold it but again it's still a five pound lens it's going to be heavy um over time and and i think you're right it would just be easier to handle 
in terms of certain things if you had either a monopod or a tripod possibly with a some yeah. kind of gimbal head or something like that but you know i think the big thing obviously is that price mm -hmm. it takes it from something where many people most people are going to be forced to rent one if they mm -hmm. really want an 800 millimeter to something that at least some people can potentially um, purchase like you right. i don't need a an 800 millimeter sitting on my shelf so it wouldn't be me but if you think about you know, if, if you're someone that does a lot of bird photography, if that's your primary thing mm -hmm. and you start thinking about, well, you know, if I have it for several years and then sell it, I can probably get good resale. Then what you're actually paying for it over time, you know, like on a month to month basis is not bad. It's not no, bad. I mean, at least you can, you can pay start, for rentals pretty quickly. You, you can, you can, uh, I'm not suggesting that a $6,500 lens is, is affordable, but you can at least enter it into the discussion as being within the realm of possibility versus yeah. a complete pipe dream. For yeah. Something. Yeah. There was you know. just insane. And I know like, I think Canon had a lens that was pushing 20 grand at some yeah. point, I want to say. So, I mean, there is that. Um, I, I, I will think just say this is, to me, this is a victory for Nikon and that many people using other systems are go, going, dang, I would really like one of those. Yeah. And and the F63 is not even an issue. So I mean that's a, a third of a stop difference with the you know Z autofocus system well at least the Z9 autofocus system you're not going to have any issues with that. No. So, we're doing night stuff. So anyway, so I'll I wait think that's for cool. you to I'll wait for you to get one and then we can see yeah. what it's like. That ain't going to happen. But <laughs> but hey, I know a guy. <laughs> yeah. Um We'll think about that. One, one know, of our I listeners has one on pre pre order, yeah. so at least yeah, it might be fun speech. to have him on and talk. Yeah, it'll be good. So anyway, um, but that's cool. And then so let's just then talk about you know telephotos because you have a lot of different choices. You've got zooms, you've got these primes, like we talked about, and there's a lot of factors that go into it. You know, not the least of which is you've already brought up is price, right? Right. So if you look at the market out there right now, um. If you were doing native Z mount lenses, you're not going to find a lot. Um, but if you're talking F mount lenses for Nikon or Sony E mount um, with Canon, you're pretty much um, for inexpensive ones. You're you're looking at using um, the the older uh, mount and using an adapter, but there are a bunch of them made by third-party companies like Tamron, mm -hmm. Sigma, et cetera, that are kind of, there's zooms in that 150 to 600, 500 range. And as long as you get one that is fairly recent, they're pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, especially if one, if one has been designed for mirrorless, that's a sign that the optical design is pretty new and those are going to have pretty good performance. They're not going to be super fast, but they'll be fine. And for, for most things, you know, quite satisfactory. And, um, and like, for example, Sigma makes a one, was it a one fifty to 600 as, as does Tamron mm -hmm. Sigma's comes in two flavors. There's one called the contemporary and one called the sport. Now the sport is more robust. I think it has more elements. It might be a better lens, but it's also a lot heavier. And I've had clients show up with the contemporary ones on my birding workshops mm -hmm. and they're perfectly happy with it. And it's a very hand holdable lens. You know, mm -hmm. you can really 
they're they're not that heavy. They're a little slower in terms of aperture and, and autofocus. And there's going to be some, you know, uh, reverse engineering with the the AF stuff. But as far as I know, I've had clients using those with uh, FTZ adapters on their Z6, Z7 bodies, and and they worked. So yeah. I, I can be pretty confident that is. Now, one that fits in that general category is one that we've already talked about, which for Nikon owners is the 200 to 500 5.6. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my impressions of it from having owned it for several years is it was actually very good lens optically. Um it was just the focus was a little bit slow. The zoom action was a little bit slow to turn. You know, it mm-hmm. took a big yank. Um, but otherwise, you know, very nice lens. So I, I think that's one that people probably ought to consider. Under, you can get those for under a grand. Exactly. You know, $800 on the used market is not is not out unheard of for that lens. Um, I, I found that lens was good optically. In fact, to get better than it, you really needed to have one of those more expensive lenses. I mean, mm-hmm. it, was, it was about as good as you were going to get for for a lens in that price range. It was it was fine. Um, where that lens was a challenge was the handle. Yes, it, it was not only that it was five pounds, but you have an extended front element. So when you zoomed it, the lens got longer. Um, the lens foot design was one of those removable collars and if you didn't have it locked down it would wiggle so there were some third-party supports that i would purchase from kirk and so by the time i had that whole rig set up (laughs) it was a little bit um a little bit confounding it was a little bit big and then you mentioned the range of the zoom ring you know the 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 gearing if you will Mm -hmm. was such that it took more than one full turn to go from 200 to 500 so zooming it while shooting was going to be awkward at best um so but on the other hand i really enjoyed that range there was a plenty of times where i used that lens um and as long as you pre-focused a little bit um the focusing speed wasn't a real problem it tracked just fine um So it, it was a, it's a very good lens. It still, it remains a very good lens. Um, and it, and the price point is it's, it's hard to argue with that lens. If you're looking for a, a general purpose wildlife lens and you yeah. want one that's in the Nikon brand rather than a, say a third party. Yeah. Then there's that category that's predominantly, well, we can just define it as manufacturers lenses that are typically 100 to 400 or mm-hmm. 100 to 500 millimeter lenses. These are the newer ones for mm-hmm. um, Nikon Z, Sony E-mount, Canon RF mount. Um, they're all really good lenses, mm-hmm. very sharp, um, nice performance, and a lot easier to handle than some of the ones that you were just describing. These are a little bit lighter in weight, at least than that Nikon to 200 to 500 and and quick to zoom quick to focus nice image stabilization i i can comfortably recommend all of the ones that i just mentioned yeah they're all very good lenses i i purchased the 100 to 400 you know we talked about it Mm -hmm. the beginning of the year um it's an very easy to handhold lens it's not a small lens but it's more like handling a 70 to 200 to eight, which yeah. no one would argue that that's, that's a tripod lens. No. And so each of the ones that I was just mentioning 
um, fits with that. They're all very easy to handhold. And I would have used the same um, comparison of a 70 to 200 to a, that's a good way of thinking about it. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things about manufacturers lenses um, that you sometimes get, you know, this is all, and this gets into a little bit of nuance. You can look at the optics, you can look at the build, the size, the weight, the handling. But one of the things you'll sometimes get as you go up in price um, are little extra features, things like focus limiter switches, uh, or in the case of the Nikon lenses, a lens, one or more lens function buttons. Mm -hmm. And that can be useful. Um, one of the things I was doing when I was writing my Z9, you know, birding book that it came out with was trying to figure out all these various button configurations, right? And one of the things you have to think about and take into consideration, if you're a bird shooter and you're using a lens that has a lens function button, then you can assign that a particular function. Maybe you're going to change an autofocus pattern or even an autofocus mode or change, you know, just assign it a function. So now you have an extra button to use with your left hand when you're holding the lens that you might not have used otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, and some of the lower end lenses just don't have those buttons. Right. So it's just something. It's it's not a big deal. Now Nikon still has some work to do with their focus limiting. They they've never figured out that there's they, they they have a they do a great job in making you have your full range and then you have your your sort of distant to infinity range, but they've never figured out that there's that I only want to shoot close in range option yeah. that some other guys have like Canons, I think do that where they'll have like a minimum to say 10 meters or something. You know, if you're, if you're doing all your work close in and those focus restriction switches are great because they, they speed up the autofocus. I, it's just funny. Every camera company has little quirks like that where they've just decided that they're not going to do those things, even though their competitors, competitors, are and it's typically for some bizarre reason that they've talked themselves into it it's not a patent issue yeah. it's just weirdness but one lens that's kind of in between those categories that we talked about in a way is is something like the sony 200 to 600 which i think is like a 5.6 to 6.3 lens mm -hmm. not much of a change at all and very good lens very fast zooming very fast focusing and one of the nice things about it is that when you zoom, it doesn't change the length or balance, which makes it a lot easier to handhold or use on a monopod. And um, both Nikon and I think Canon have 200, 600 millimeter lenses in their roadmaps. And yes. my guess is their specs will be very similar to that Sony one. And especially for bird photographers that like the idea of being able to zoom and it is handy that would be something to think about mm -hmm. um, when they come out. But well, the one Sony things, one is a good one. One of the things you mentioned early on was how hard it is to find your subject in the viewfinder to begin mm -hmm. with. And that's an art. I mean, frankly, I don't care what your autofocus system will do. If you cannot locate your target and put the autofocus point on it, it really doesn't matter what kind of automatic subject detection if your lens is hunting around because you can't find it and we've all been there this is frankly you know that's the piece that the operator still has to work with you still have to learn yeah. and practice right and having a lens that zooms out you know where you where you can go from 300 or 200 to 600 or whatever means that it's a lot easier to find your subject in the viewfinder and then zoom in on it to, yeah. to when you acquire 
at least for me, where I find it getting difficult is when I hit 500 millimeters. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point and, and longer, it's it's a little bit hard at times to find those small birds or whatever, and it can be very nice to zoom out. I know when we were down in Panama, both of us were using zooms. Oh, you were using the 500. PF. I was using the 500 yeah. PF. Yeah, I was using a zoom. But I wished I'd had a zoom at certain times. I, I will just say I was very happy that I did. Mm-hmm. It was it was really nice to be able to do it because I just could not find the, the damn birds at times. <laughs> they're not all that easy. No, they're not. And things are dark and it's just, and then yeah. they move. You blink and you move and then they move. And yeah. Yeah. And then you've got all the fixed focal length super telephotos and, you know, misconsideration, you know, maybe 400 millimeters and up. Um, Those can be quite pricey. Like we were talking about earlier. I think if someone, you know, wants one of those lenses because of a aperture um, difference, you know, lenses faster in some cases, you know, there are some good choices on the used market. You don't necessarily have to have the latest and greatest mm-hmm. within all of those companies' lines. Well, it's really Nikon and Canon since they have the legacy stuff. You know, the older the lens, the heavier it'll be, the bigger it'll be, the further away will be the minimum focus. But they're all great lenses optically. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's ever been a bad super telephoto built by either of those companies and then sony's got you know equivalent ones that are newer but they're all very expensive so you know looping back to that 800 millimeter 800 millimeter pf lens you know that price is a big game changer it'll be interesting to see how the other companies react because that's cheap enough where you could buy that lens and a z9 and still have thousands of dollars left over compared to some of the other ones right. that are out there from other right. companies. Right. So that's because we did mention way back when that the Z9 is very attractively priced considering what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a full thousand dollars cheaper than the A1 Sony, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, can't complain. I mean, I'll never complain when it comes out as a lower price than what I was expecting. Right. So but I mean none of these are inexpensive things. Like we're throwing around five 5k like this is you know chump change it's not it's 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 a significant investment but but it becomes in the realm of possibility rather than just completely dismissed upon sight and that's that's the difference um you know i i would say with the nikon stuff um you know they do have the other two pf lenses the 300 f4 pf which will work wonderfully with a 1.4 converter um to extend um that's incredibly handholdable i mean that's a tiny lens and it really is it's it's very easy to use um and if you were to put that on a z9 with 45 megapixels and say use uh, dx crop you could be in the territory of 500 would it be as good as a native one no but it's going to be very good you're going to get that reach then there's the 500 pf which that sells new for i think Thirty-five hundred dollars, somewhere in there, in that range. That sounds right. So that's not, again, in comparison, that's not unreasonable. It's, it's, uh, uh, and and those will work just fine with FTZ adapters on the 
on the mirrorless Nikon. So those are those are some nice choices. But I think your point about looking on the used market is is good, um, just because they tend you'll, you'll tend to find a, a good deal these days, especially yeah. for the F mount lenses. You know the non native mirrorless mounts. Mm -hmm. um, those just uh, as because they're the telephoto lenses are are great optically. You're you're really not giving up too much by not having it in a native mount. So. No. Uh, at least in my opinion. But those, there could be some really good deals in terms of used lenses in that category. Mm -hmm. You know, I remarkable agree. ones. I agree. Well, and then the last thing you're left yeah. with is how do you support the lens? And and we've talked, you know, about tripods and monopods in the past. Maybe the thing to do is just talk about what you don't have to worry about with the newer, lighter ones. Mm-hmm compared to the 10 or 12 pound ones, you know, from the past. Right. Well, I'll say this, once your lens is, is five pounds or more, because remember you're putting your camera body on this too. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about a rig that's going to be six, maybe even seven pounds. That doesn't sound like a lot, seven pounds. Uh, it is. Uh, <laughs> once your combo starts pushing seven, eight, nine pounds, it gets very tiresome to handhold it. It's not that it's impossible to do. Uh, and stabilization certainly helps with the shooting. But like you said, just the overall handling is hard when you have that much mass, especially holding it out with your with your arm like that, you know, because you have to have the camera supported and it just gets to be awkward. So, you know, with, with anything over five pounds, you're going to start wanting to look into some kind of support something to take the load off of your arm and that could be a monopod and we like monopods with tilt heads a lot of times yeah um you know a monopod is really intended for for people shooting at one angle like just straight out so if you don't have a tilt head or something on that um to change the angle for things like wildlife or subjects that might not be in that in that uh you know your plane the thing about the difference between shooting a football match whichever country you're in <laughs> doesn't matter doesn't matter which variety of football right but where you're on a sideline and you're shooting you know everyone is the same height you know yeah the players might jump up or, or whatever a little bit but you've got pretty much everything at your eye level whether you're standing or kneeling and you just sort of set that monopod and all you have to worry about is the pan you don't tilt for wildlife or anything else, air shows, whatever, you might want to be able to have a, a different angle. And that's where those little one-way pan heads, those tilt heads, not pan heads, excuse me, tilt heads work very nicely. Yeah. And then if you end up with one of those monsters, you know, the 10 or 12 pound ones or an eight pound one, something like that, mm -hmm. that gets you in the realm where what you really want to be using is not I mean, you can get by with a monopod. It's, you know, for certain kinds of shooting. If you're putting it on a tripod, a normal ball head is just not enough. Guaranteed it's going to go clunk really bad and potentially, you know, Lop. fall on the whole thing will fall on its side, you know, which could damage a lot of stuff. A full Wimberly head or something like it, where you're able to um, balance the lens and I don't know how to describe it, but they, well, the gimbal. platform on them hangs down. So the center of gravity is lowered and that's the key thing. So it makes, 
using a lens like that a lot easier, almost effortless in some respects, especially if you're on a tripod. Mm -hmm. But for those big older style ones, a full Wimberly style head is probably the way to go. You don't need that with these lighter ones, though. You just don't. Right. Once you get into the the um, the PF lenses or any of the 100 to 500, 600 type zooms, you can just handhold those. For the most part, you're good to go. Um, and then it just becomes a thing about practicing. Yeah. So, again, back to back to it, no matter how long your lens is, the real key with any telephoto work is to get used to sighting your target. Um, pre-focusing so that when you do put the camera more or less on your subject, it's in close enough focus that your focus system detects it, whether that's with subject detection or just traditional autofocus points. If if you're completely defocused, that lens is going to hunt back and forth, and it and that can be the difference between missing a shot or getting a keeper. Yeah, good point. So... It, it still comes down to the operator at the end of the day. Yeah. But all of those are fun to, to use. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, if you haven't done a lot of wildlife photography and aren't thinking you'll do it a heck of a lot, you know, the inexpensive ones that we talked about are a great start. Mm-hmm. And then you've got different paths you can go down depending on your need and whether or not you're doing small birds. That's when you get the really long lens or larger mammals and, bigger um, or larger birds. Mm-hmm. And that's when you can use the 100 to 400, 100 to 500 lenses often with teleconverters. Well, and let me just throw this in because I knew that was going to come up because mm-hmm. there's a question I get all the time um, from people like browsing through like my YouTube channel, right? Mm-hmm. Where I talk, You cannot expect to put a teleconverter on a crummy 70 to 300 millimeter lens and get good shots period the end just stop even imagining that don't even go down that path um in fact in the case of nikon stuff they might not even be compatible and physically mount to the lens but even if you've got a teleconverter that mounts to your you know let's imagine you could put a teleconverter on something like an 18 to 200 right you would not be happy with the results the focus may or may not work the optical quality will be degraded to the point where you're just going to be disappointed. So, so as much as we hate to say this, the teleconverter is not the way that you get to, you know, 400 millimeters. The, the teleconverter is a bonus for these higher quality lenses that are designed to use them. Yeah. I and think it's a shame, were, but that's the truth. It's, it's yeah, a sad truth. I think if you were going to try to come up with a general rule and it's, not always going to be correct, but most of the time it will be. If you're talking about a less expensive lens, you're better off using a high resolution body and cropping than putting mm-hmm. a teleconverter on it. If it's a really great lens and you've got a high quality, fairly matched teleconverter, like a manufacturer um, teleconverter, then there's a pretty good chance that you'll get the best results with teleconverter rather than cropping. Mm-hmm. And then there are things in between and right. you, you'd well, have to run a test. There's, there's, there's combinations that work better than others. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, generally the lower the magnification, the teleconverter, the better your results will be. Yep. 
always so that's just a, a thing but i just wanted to throw that out there because it's always a question we talk about long focal lengths why not just use a teleconverter there is a reason um you, you won't be happy with with the results not just optically but also in terms of focusing and you know it, it just your life will be difficult <laughs> trying to one one last 30 second thing i'll throw out before we wrap up is they still make 500 millimeter mirror lenses mm -hmm. i would think awfully hard about those they seem appealing they're light they're cheap but they're they're also manual focus but the optical performance really leaves a lot to be desired contrast levels aren't high you can get okay resolution but then the out of focus areas end up with those donuts and they're just very distracting and very yeah. few people like them don't don't waste your time in general yeah i wouldn't do it so. i've owned those a long time ago and i was not pleased f11 <laughs> or f8, f8 but it's f8 not f8 even f8. f8 it's not it's really it doesn't transmit that much light so it really is more like an f11 yeah anyway, but anyway just stay away from those like yeah. as my would be my generalized advice sounds good to me i would agree with that advice okay until right. next time um please send your comments questions uh or otherwise to our facebook page facebook.com slash image doctors we will be checking those and responding to you there and uh until we see you again happy shooting all right bye-bye